Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Six Figure Investor. Today, we are excited might be a strong word, but we're going to be talking about how to deal with market downturns as an investor, which feels very relevant for the day. We are. It's been a challenging year in markets. Both stock and bond indices are down so far year to date. A lot of portfolios are down maybe more than 10%. And so I think that creates a lot of consternation for folks. Yikes. I think there's really two ends of the spectrum that I see our clients and friends kind of going through on a regular basis when I talk to them. One end is sort of fear and uncertainty, and that can ultimately lead to panic. The other end of the spectrum, though, is that I know I should be a good long-term investor, and so what I'm going to do is stick my head in the sand, and I'm not going to do anything. And that response isn't really ideal either. And so what we want to do today is unpack both of those into the spectrum and sort of bring people to the middle and help them make smart decisions. Well, let's just dive right into this after the show intro. We'll see you back in a minute. Hello, and welcome to the Six Figure Investor Podcast. Are you a professional who wants straightforward, trustworthy financial strategies that you can act on? Are you entering your highest income earning years and discovering that your personal finances are becoming too complex? We get it. You're a highly competent professional, but you don't have time to go deep on your personal finances the way you do with your day job. Hi, I'm Brian and helping professionals make smart financial decisions is my passion. I run a financial advisory practice called the Capital Stewards and work with professionals like you who are trying to cut through the noise. It's time to stop Googling every question you have about money and dive into some real professional guidance. So let's get moving. All right, friends, welcome to the Six Figure Investor. We are excited that you're here today because you want to learn more about the market downturns and what to do as an investor. I have to admit, Brian, watching the news, I've been feeling a little ho-hum and a little nervous and a little uncertain about what is coming and feeling like it's not such a great thing. Sure. Yeah, so I, I think there's really two ends of the spectrum that I see our clients and friends going through on a regular basis when I talk to them. And neither really end of the spectrum is optimal for long-term results. So one end of that, and you alluded to this in the intro, is sort of fear and uncertainty, and that can ultimately lead to panic. The other end of the spectrum, though, is that I know I should be a good long-term investor, and so what I'm going to do is stick my head in the sand, and I'm not going to do anything. And that response isn't really ideal either. And so what we want to do today is kind of unpack both of those into the spectrum and bring people to the middle and help them make smart decisions when things are maybe not going as ideally as folks would like in the markets. That sounds great. Well, why don't we start with a downturn is coming or I feel a downturn is coming. Let me do like, let me sell everything off those people. What would you say to them? Yeah. So on the uncertainty end of the spectrum, I think there's two things that are really important. The first thing is that you need to go back to your investment plan and objectives. Just because the market is down 13% this year doesn't mean that your retirement is necessarily off track. It doesn't mean that your long-term goals are necessarily off track, that you have to save more, spend less, all of those those sort of things that we go naturally as as investors. If you have a well-constructed long-term investment plan, it should have taken into account this kind of volatility. And so that should give you some comfort. Um, If you zoom out and sort of understand where we are on a longer-term investment horizon, we've seen two or three years of above average returns now we've had six months of below average returns. And so it's, it's more likely than not over the long term of your investment timeline, the market's going to produce the historical returns that are in a well-crafted financial and investment plan. 
And so your long-term plan probably remains intact and maybe that helps you breathe a little bit easier. But I, I think, you know, if you have a lot of dis, you know, discomfort about where we are, then it's, it's definitely time to talk to your advisor or professional, you know, where you are vis-a-vis your plan and, and take a look at things. That makes sense. I think for some folks, they feel the most uncertain if they're coming towards maybe the end of their prime working years, they're looking at retirement or they're already retired. Do you have yeah. anything that you would add specifically for those folks? So I think as you get toward the later stages of your working years, it's important to remember that your investment timeline is still really long. A, a lot of folks today in retirement are living 20 or 30 years, right? So people are retiring at 65, they're living well into their 80s and into their 90s. And, and you don't need to have every dollar that you need for retirement the day that you leave because your portfolio is going to continue to, to grow likely over time. And so it's important to Again, zoom out, understand where you are. Remember that you're still a long-term investor. There's still a lot of time for your portfolio to continue to produce returns over the rest of your life. So what if like, no matter what my situation is, I'm, that's not giving me comfort. Like I still feel really nervous and apprehensive when I look at the plan that I had originally made, like what should I do then? So there's two things that could be happening. Your portfolio might be wrong or your expectations about the returns and the volatility of your portfolio could also be wrong. So either way, if, if you're uncomfortable with where you are, it's important to align the investments that you have and, and the, the different securities that are in your portfolio and your expectations. And whether it's the portfolio that's wrong or your expectations are wrong, getting those two things in alignment is really important moving forward. We also find that a lot of times investors aren't as diversified as they think they are. You know, A lot of have primi- primarily owned stocks and bonds over the last 30 years, and that's done well because interest rates have generally fallen. And so bond prices have generally gone up and equity prices have appreciated as well. And so it's really important to think about what true portfolio diversification looks, what your risk tolerance looks like and what your expectations are around your portfolio and make sure that all of those things are in line. Again, something that is worth talking to a professional about if if you're not comfortable. Just now when you were talking, you're laughing you know what my brain said? What? My brain said, wait, you can invest in things that are not stocks and bonds. Yeah, one of the things that we've been working with clients on since the beginning of the year is is that modern uh, portfolios have a lot of things in them that are not stocks and bonds. And institutes have been investing this way for years. It's not new. You can own different types of real estate, and that's not just houses that people rent from you. You can own commercial real estate. You can own industrial real estate. You can own senior living facilities. There's all kinds of real estate that you can buy, raw land, farmland, right? You can own infrastructure. And the best way to think about infrastructure is it's things like cell towers or data centers or, or other types of utility functions that we have to have to operate. You can uh, invest in commodities, uh, right? Oil has been the, sort of the top commodity in the, in the news cycle lately because prices are rising both because of inflation, also because of the situation that's going on in Europe. And there's other commodities that are out there. And then there's also metals, copper and palladium, rare earths, right? That are used in, in car batteries. All the metals all the way from, like I said, from copper and nickel and things that are used in industrial capacities up through gold and precious metals that are long-term stores of value. So when you think about building a true long-term portfolio or a long-term um, modern diversified portfolio, you should have components of all of those things. And if you don't, then that is going to increase the volatility um, or the, the potential for your portfolio to go down when there are concerns about what's happening in the economy. And that in and of itself, not being properly diversified is going to make these downturns feel worse than they might otherwise feel if you were, if you were diversified more broadly. Cool. That was a little bit of a left turn. I think you were Mostly talking about the, the, when we think about the spectrum of responses to what's happening in the economy, you've got the folks who are really feeling uncertain and nervous. 
So is there anything else that you want to um, say to those folks before maybe we go to the other side of the spectrum and talk about those, you know, let me just stick my head in the sand, investors? Yes, I think there's one more piece of advice for, for folks that are on the uncertain end of the spectrum. And I think this actually applies broadly for everybody, but I think it's particularly powerful for people that are that are really feeling um, uncertain, maybe even sort of starting to panic about what's going on in their investment portfolio. And that piece of advice is you really need to think about what you're listening to and watching and consuming. Even credible financial news is in the business of making you watch and listen day after day after day. And so that means tomorrow has to be better than today and so on. And in the, so in the financial news, every small piece of data that comes in, either the sky is going to be falling and we're on the road to a dark winter, or conversely, something will be positive and we will have reached the end of all trouble and markets will only rise from here. And neither of those outcomes are never true, but, but the news has to make us believe that you know, things are going to be really bad or really good going forward in order to get us to watch. And so if you're consuming a lot of, of news, you just have to keep in the back of your mind, why are they telling me the things that they're telling me? Is it because they want to give me really good advice and help me make smart decisions? Or is it because they want me to watch get ratings and run more commercials. And I mean, that sounds like crash, right? But it's, but that's true. They're in the business of viewership. They're not in the business of uh, portfolio management. I've never met a news anchor that's also professionally managed portfolios. Uh, maybe one's out there, but I haven't met them. If there is one, you can reach out to me. So who you listen to and what you do with what you hear is really important. If you fill your brain with any kind of any kind of news day in and day out, everything that we know about psychology suggests that it will eventually lead uh, to bad decisions. So I tell clients all the time, just turn off the noise. It's probably counterproductive. Be thoughtful about what you're consuming and what you're listening to, and then how that's even subtly impacting the decisions that you're making. Good. I think that's wise advice for all of us. So let's you know turn the tide a little bit and go and talk about the folks on the other end of the spectrum. These, I mean, these are the people that I am, the, the folks that know that their investments is a long-term play, that the economy rises over time, that if they play the long game, they'll win. And so they just kind of want to stick their head in the sand and pretend like, you know, what's happening is not happening. And eventually we will overcome. What do you say eventually to, uh, yeah, so to that group? I, I think that's a good mentality to have. But I also think that doing nothing can uh, be counterproductive as well. And so even if you if you are a believer in long-term markets and, and you say, I'm going to stay invested no matter what, because I know this is the right thing to do, there's still two actions that you need to be thinking about during market downturns. The first thing is to rebalance your portfolio. And what that means is just making buying and selling decisions to return your portfolio close to your target long-term asset allocation. And asset allocation is just a big finance word for the percentage of stocks that we own, the percentage of bonds that we own, the percentage of all of those other assets that we talked about that you should own, um, making sure that that our portfolio today has the right percentage of stocks, the right percentage of bonds, the right percentages of gold, real estate, commodities, all those different things. Because what's likely happened over the last few months is stock prices have fallen, bond prices have fallen, other types of assets um, have risen, commodities in particular. And so you may have too much of some assets and not enough of the other assets and the discipline of rebalancing provides the best chance of buying low and selling high over the long term as we manage portfolios for years and years and years. And so we want to be thinking about rebalancing as we're going through the rest of the summer. I know the first time you and I talked about this concept of rebalancing, I found it really confused. So can you break it down a little bit more for our listeners that are not familiar with that term and what it means? So 
going into the beginning of the year, you were 50% invested in stocks and 50% invested in other types of assets. And if you had $1,000 in your portfolio and you had $500 of that you know, invested in stocks, that $500 has declined by 10%. Uh, so now you have only $450 invested in stocks and $550 invested um, in other assets. And so what you want to be doing is selling those assets that have appreciated that are in that $550 bucket and buying the things that have depreciated or declined that are in that $450 bucket. And so you get those two things back in line at $500 of, of stock exposure, of equity exposure, and $500 of you know whether it's fixed income or real estate or commodities or whatever the rest of your portfolio is, that those things are back in line. Decades of investment research is really clear that market exposure and asset allocation drive the majority of our long-term investment returns. I mean, so that's one of the reasons why rebalancing is really important. If your entire plan that we talked about earlier, your investment plan and your financial plan is designed around an asset allocation, right, or a mix of stocks and bonds, which it should be, then it's important that we stay at close to that mix over the long-term. And if we get too far away from that mix, we're either not going to achieve the long-term returns that we expect to achieve, or we're going to be taking more risk, you know, or potentially less risk than we expect to be taking. And we're going to feel not great about our you know, portfolio prospects. And so that's the reason that we rebalance is to get our asset allocation back in line, because that's what gives us the best chance at achieving our target rates of return um, over the long-term. So maybe the first thing that I stick my head in the sand investor should do is look at now the balance of their portfolio and make sure that that reflects the mix that they want to have. Yeah, that's right. And the second thing is something we call tax loss harvesting. Ooh, farming. There's no farming involved in this kind of harvesting. Um, <laughs> Are I'm, you sure? Because I'm, I am happy to pull out I'm, my overalls. I'm, I'm purely a suburban farmer. I can grow grass in my front yard somewhat, but that's the only, that's about the extent of my farming capabilities. Um, so for, for individual investors, tax loss harvesting is really important. Tax loss harvesting is the process of selling one security that has declined in value. So think about those stocks in your portfolio that are down perhaps in the first part of the year, recognizing the loss for tax purposes, and then at the same time, buying a similar security to maintain your exposure to markets. Can you give us an example? I need a translation, please. Yeah. So I think the easiest way to think about that is if you own a Coca-Cola stock at the beginning of the year and the price has dropped, you sell your Coca-Cola shares and you realize those losses for tax purposes and you buy Pepsi shares at the same time. Those two stocks, they're not identical assets, right? There may be differences and this is not a, a recommendation to buy Coke or Pepsi or sell one or the other, just an example. But the two stocks are not identical assets, but they are likely to move in similar ways. And the same is true for mutual funds and ETFs. You can sell one fund and buy another fund that's not exactly the same, but that is similar. And you realize the benefits of the losses in your portfolio. And then you use those losses to offset your income for this year. You use it to offset other in your portfolio. I am down with this kind of harvesting. I mean, you're <laughs> yeah. basically telling me that the loss that I've taken on my stocks, for example, this year, I can write off on my taxes. Yeah, you can use it to offset other income. You can use it to offset other gains in your portfolio. The rules around what you can and can't use to replace assets, and then obviously the tax implications can be complex. So it's, it's worth talking to them if you're not familiar with the specific rules um, around tax loss harvesting, or you know, obviously when you do your taxes, right, work with the folks that you use to help you make really smart tax decisions. Also, it, it's important to note, we didn't say to sell the assets and stay uninvested. Sometimes it may be tempting yes. to do that. <laughs> the best practice here is to sell assets, harvest the losses, then at the same time, 
buy in your portfolio those similar assets so that your market exposure remains the same. All we're trying to do is capture those losses for tax purposes. We're not actually trying to change the amount that we're invested. Got it. I'm down. I'm going to get out my overalls. Mm -hmm. Awesome, Brian. This episode has been full of little like golden nuggets. I have learned quite a few things just talking about how we should think about our investments in a downturn or a season of downturn. Anything else you want to share with our audience or, you know, kind of give us a recap of what we discussed today? Yeah. So I think a couple of things are really important. And this is actually true no matter where you are on that spectrum that we talked about earlier of uncertainty and nervousness all the way over to I'm going to, you know, stick my head in the sand and do nothing. The first thing is if you're feeling nervous, you're feeling uncomfortable, revisit your investment plan, talk to your financial professional. You're probably not as off track as you think you are when you really look out and zoom in the out in the context of time. And also just think about what you're listening to and make sure that the things you're listening to and taking in every day aren't leading you to bad decisions. And secondly, everyone should be thinking about rebalancing. Uh, That means buying and selling to get their portfolio back to their long-term target mix of stocks, bonds, and other assets that they own. And then tax loss harvesting. So selling assets that are down, realizing those losses for tax purposes and staying invested for the long-term. Awesome. Well, thanks so much to our audience for listening in today. I think we've graduated from having seven listeners to having 39. So maybe we'll target having 60 people listen to this episode. <laughs> we, we, are, we are moving up in the, in the world. We hope that you learned something really helpful in um, managing your portfolio. If you find yourself in a place saying, woe is me, or really uncertain about your portfolio and wanting to talk to somebody, not necessarily having someone in your Rolodex to do that, how can they get in touch with you, Brian? You still have a Rolodex? I, yeah, it's called the contacts in my cell phone. Yeah, so you can you can check us out online at capitalstewards.com, thecapitalstewards.com uh, backslash about us. And there's also a place there for you to reach out and contact us if you'd like to uh, know more about us or sign up and, and get emails and, and more content from us. And we'll also put links uh, that are helpful uh, for this conversation in the notes below. In the show notes, yes. In the show notes. And if you learned something really valuable on today's lesson, we would love for you to stop by and just drop us a quick review. Yeah, Let us know us what, you what like. you're learning, what you like, and we'll add more of that content to the upcoming lineup. Or tell us what you don't like. All right. <laughs> All right. See thanks, friends. Time. Good to see you. Bye. commentary provided is for general audiences and educational purposes only. It should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice for your specific situation. That's why you should talk to a professional. Hello. Past performance of market results is no assurance of future performance. All the information in the podcast has been obtained from sources we deem reliable as of the date of this recording, but it's not guaranteed.